With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. I am Matt, and alongside me once again are the two resident members of the That Time When. If you don't know who they are by now, they are Thomas Bellingham and Daniel Thorne. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Good to see you both again in this wonderful cupboard. Uh, we're, today, we're going to be talking about That Time When F1 raced at Le Mans. Yeah. Now, I didn't who even knew know that? that had happened. You don't remember 1967? Uh, no. Oh, let's see, even you don't remember what year it was. No, I don't. Uh, unfortunately, bit, bit of a I, I wasn't born then. Um, but uh, we're going to talk about that. But, but, but first, we're going to begin with a little history lesson about the French Grand Prix from okay. Thomas Bellingham. However, I don't want a lesson, Tommy. I want an adventure. I want a fun trip down memory lane. Okay, everybody, yeah, welcome to uh, memory lane with me. doesn't have to be with a creepy voice. No, okay. no, that's just me with the intro. Carry okay. on. Right. So, uh, yeah, 1906 we're throwing back to now, even even further before we were born. That was and 116 years ago. Whoa. Math better. Wait, is that, is that wrong? Yeah. Yeah, 13. 113? Oh, yeah, sorry. That's when Kim, that isn't 113 when Kimmy last won a race. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought you said 1903 for some reason. Anyway, carry on. Anyway, so, yeah, 1906, the first ever Grand Prix. Ever. Ever. Ever, the ever? Grand Prix, uh, if you didn't know, stands for Grand Prize in French. And uh, yeah, this was the first ever Grand Prix. And the, the Grand Prize itself was 45,000 francs for winning this race. So back then it wasn't known as Formula One, was it? It was known as no. the Grand Prize. Yes, just it was just that that was a one-off race or a big race. A big, yes, race. A big one-off race called a money. Grand Prix for lots of money. Uh, and it took part at Le Mans, but not Circuit de la Sarthe, like most people know Le Mans for. It was actually uh, a public road uh, that started in Le Mans Village, uh, went for 64.11 miles, or 11, as most people say. 64.11 miles. Who says, uh, says 0.11 miles? Wrong people. Yeah, Wrong I was going to say. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, 64 miles long the track was. And, uh, that is a long boy, yeah. considering if you were to look at a, no- a modern day F1 track, you're looking at sort of two and a half to four miles, correct? Yeah. So that's t- 15 slash 20 times more maths. There's lots of maths going on here. I know, but, but yeah, it was 12 laps and it took 12 hours. 12 hours? Were they walking? No, it was a Renault that won. You wouldn't see that, would you? The engine going that far yeah. these days, unfortunately. But yeah, won by a Hungarian man called... Ferenz Shizuzuz. Shizuzuz. Yeah. It's S-Z-I-S-Z, right? Yeah. It's just she's. It's almost she's, as if you read it earlier she's. before we got interrupted. No, absolutely. This did not happen. <laughs> so fast forwarding now to 1950, when the birth of our beautiful motorsport Formula One was, was created. What are, what are we looking at here then, Dan? Um, well, basically, even though France is the most historic Grand Prix of all, um, perhaps because of that, there were many tracks in France that wanted to host big races. So, Unsurprisingly. Uh, yeah. 
So uh, when Formula One rocked up with this whole world championship business, uh, the race was shared between a few tracks. So in the 1950s, we had Huen, but that's incorrect. As That is incorrect, as uh, our French intern, Laurent, uh, told me when I was just before doing the YouTube video, the Forgotten Tracks thing, uh, apparently it's Hans or Hans or something. something. Something that doesn't make something sense Something that to makes you, gives you a sore throat when you say it. But we're we going to call we it. We apologise to French people Reams. for the rest of this podcast. Yeah, I'm so sorry. For every but, pronunciation. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be Reams. Yeah, for every pronunciation. But we'll go with Reams. Yeah, so uh, there was Reams, which was basically just a triangle with long straights, and it was just a huge slipstream fest, and the racing there was generally really good. Um, there was another track in the 50s and 60s called Rouen, which was sort of like a a road course with ups and downs and sweeping bends, another really good track. Um, And then the other track was perhaps the most interesting, which they did in the late 60s and early 70s, was called the Charade Circuit, or was also known as Clermont-Ferrand. I I only learned about that when uh, I was researching this podcast. I'd I'd never heard of it, but... um, when I went on the wiki page to have a little look of it, it sounds like it would be a bonus track from an F1 game because the description of it was that uh, it was a circuit built around the base of an extinct volcano. <laughs> How cool does that sound? Yeah, I think yeah, you pretty much put a code into Toka Touring Cars on the PS1 and get a, a racetrack around a volcano in lava. Uh, so uh, basically, it's a good job it was extinct. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was basically like a mini version of the Nordschleife. Um, it had 50 corners. It was over five miles long. And uh, it was so undulating and twisty that the drivers, some drivers would actually get motion sick. driving. You say the... 50 corners? Yeah, yeah. 50 corners in five miles? Yeah. That's Re- a lot like, of seriously corners. Seriously twisty. Um, yeah, and it genuinely made some drivers sick. And uh, Denny, Denny Holm once joked that uh, it was the reason why some drivers stuck with open-faced helmets for so long was so they could be sick easier. You don't want like, a Mark Webber feature. No. The, pro- the problem it had as well with it being so mountainous, there was just loads of rock faces everywhere and rocks would fall onto the track randomly, which would oh. give drivers punctures. And uh, <laughs> Wow. Because, and, because F1 wasn't dangerous enough in the 60s, let's have falling rocks as yeah. well. And, That's something uh, that people would want today though, isn't it? 2019. I mean, yeah, let's have some rocks, you know, spice up the action. It yeah. was in that race in 1972 that Helmut Marko's racing career was ended because a stone, he was following Emerson Fittipaldi and a stone got flicked up and went through his visor and left him blinding one eye. Wow. It's, uh, it's had yeah. times. So on to the actual Le Mans race in question now. So it hosted its first race in 1967? Yeah. yeah. It's only race. It's only race. It's only race. Yeah. And... Uh, Many people may think that it was um, the full Le Mans circuit, but in fact it was the Bugatti circuit, which uh, if there's any people that watch MotoGP, you might know uh, that circuit because it's still used today, which is kind of an infield, smaller track. Uh, if you don't know it, they, they use the main start-finish straight and then it sort of goes off into a short, twisty pretty horrible boring layout yeah yeah and then back onto the main straight again yeah yeah um you might know it better as uh the car park that i think every time we've been to le mans together we've parked there <laughs> so uh yeah that's the bugatti circuit yeah i mean it's, it's a proper track now but back then it was literally just a load of car parks for the 24-hour race with a sort of circuit roughly laid out in between them all wow. and it was used as a driving school and uh yet the or the Le Mans club that run Le Mans 24 Hours, obviously, wanted to have a Grand Prix there um, and basically pressured the 
French Automobile Association into having that race as the Grand Prix. So was was the race any good or? Uh, no, no, it was not. <laughs> yeah. just had so, no action. So, yeah, simple as that. Um, it was unpopular with both drivers and fans. Not what you want, really. Uh, I actually found some very old grainy footage of it, and uh, the main grandstand was pretty much empty. It's reported that 20,000 people attended, which isn't a lot, especially when you get uh, how many uh, Le Mans like quarter of a million yeah, or something yeah. yeah i think it's found out that the the start finish rate area had the capacity for two hundred thousand, so it was only 10 percent full wow that um, must have looked so bad yeah <laughs> it, did, it didn't look great from the uh from the videos but uh in terms of the drivers they a lot of them wanted to race at the full le mans circuit and to be fair to them nowadays obviously that would be ridiculous but back then you know there were a lot of very long road yeah. course races you were you know they were racing at things like the Nürburgring and stuff so it, it wouldn't have seemed that ridiculous but instead yeah they raced at this Bugatti circuit which no one liked no um apparently it was so like when it was announced that it, they were going to be racing there uh it was just met with groans from the whole Formula One community and uh quite a lot of drivers didn't even bother turning up for the race oh so uh Ferrari only sent one car um John Surtees in the Honda didn't turn up. Um, so what was that? What, there, there were only 15 cars in the race. Um, and yeah, lot, I saw that. A lot of people withdrew. A lot of people withdrew seemed... from the race. So the ACO or the ACF invited a Formula, Martra's Formula 2 team to turn up and said, oh, we'll, we'll make your cars roughly Formula 1 spec and you can race to boost the grid. But then even they didn't want to because there was a Formula 2 race elsewhere <laughs> a week later. So they just didn't bother turning up either. Because back then it was more of a revolving door, wasn't it, with drivers, cars, etc. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you wouldn't even see that today, you know, a team not turning up or a driver not turning up. You know, yeah. And yeah. also, wasn't it, wasn't it the best of a certain amount of results for the championship anyway? Yeah. So it, yeah. Wasn't, it wasn't that... You know, you know, it wasn't game over if you missed a race yeah. in terms of a championship. So, you know, if you're going to miss one, why not miss a dull, boring race? Well, if the drivers aren't going to turn up, the fans aren't going to bother either. No, they? no. Like, that does not send uh, the best of messages. And the actual race itself was a Brabham 1-2. So <laughs> you're hoping for a, like a, a mix-up or something. But yeah, just I mean, a... basically you had Lotus and Brabham battling at the front and the Lotus guys of Jim Clark and Graham Hill both led early on, but then broke down. Uh, Dan Gurney in the Eagle, he also broke down, which basically left half the race, just the Brabham circulating one, two Jack wow. Brabham winning ahead of Denny Holm in a very dull race. What a race. No wonder they didn't ever huge, do it again. Huge gaps as well. I noticed that like, people were four or five laps down, I guess because of the short circuit as yeah, well. And yeah. There wasn't a slipstreaming battle like most of the races that you got in that era. So yeah, they were just everyone was massively separated out. Yeah, it was because the track's basically just slow corners as well. So that tends to separate people out a lot more as well. Mm. Um, <laughs> Are you listening, Herman Tilke? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so something similar happened at Indianapolis as well. This isn't the only time that uh, this kind of thing has happened with using a different kind of layout of, of a circuit. Yeah, I guess, I guess in terms of um, Le Mans, their theory was, oh, Le Mans is the kind of spiritual home of motorsport in France. This would be a really great event. And I guess that was what Indy had in mind when they had their own version of, you know, a, a sort of short Mickey Mouse style circuit in the middle of what was essentially the Oval because they were never going to race at the Oval. Um, and that also was a bit of a nightmare, which I'm sure we'll do at that time when about 
2005 when yeah everything went hor- horrendously wrong six cars eh? no one yeah no one particularly liked that track either did they no no it's just sort of a case of f1 trying to latch onto the fan base of of another sport and and benefit from that but it didn't really work but i suppose they're they're sort of doing a similar thing now where they're going to more streets and cities and taking Mm. it to where people already are but they're doing it with street tracks rather than existing motorsport venues that are famous for other things so it seems like they might have finally realized that that wasn't the way to go is there anywhere that that would get away with such a thing of of kind of mixing it up and trying a a different layout the safari rally that'd be good if they went and raced across like uh yeah, uh, West Africa. Yeah, um, or just Formula One cars. Yeah, yeah, just, uh, yeah. Safari, just jumps. There and, was that series yeah. that was announced. I don't know, maybe a year ago or something. I know it's not. Ha- it was not happening for a few years. Where like they're doing racing through like jungles. Oh, and that's stuff. extreme. E. That's, that's the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah like I mean. the paddocks on a boat and stuff like that. Yeah, so. which is absolutely ridiculous. So something like that. Yeah, just, yeah, just making yeah. your own kind of kind of circuit. Bring one to anywhere. Yeah. So in terms of, of the, the, the Le Mans races or anything else to add on that, Tommy, any other facts, any sort of statistical? Um, well, I found out that more people turned up to the Le Mans practice day than they did for the Grand Prix. So more pe- Why is that? Because more people would rather go and watch a Le Mans practice session than a Formula One race. Oh, the um, Le Mans practice. I think sorry, yeah, yeah, I thought practice. you meant No, 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 oh, no, okay. no, no. Um, because apparently, because the last corner was slow, the cars were just going past the pits at like 90 miles an hour. Mm. So it wasn't at, particularly spectacular Le, either. No, so whereas at Le Mans, the cars would be coming down into that pit because there was no chicanes then at like 160, 170 miles an hour. Yeah. So fans just weren't interested in seeing cars go the speed that they might be able to see cars go on the road if they were lucky. That's really bad, isn't it? I know, I know it's um, a different era, but you can't imagine an F1 World Championship race in France where everyone's like, eh, can't be bothered. I'd rather yeah, go see yeah. Le Mans. Like, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Which shows how, how times have moved on now. You know, I think the worst thing is, about it is, is that France had so many good tracks at that time. Yeah. So it made it even worse. It wasn't just like it was a track. That somewhat, they had to but, use. Or... Yeah, yeah. It was. You could have used all of these great circuits, but you've chosen to go here where I presume the only issue was sort of financial and political rather yeah. than racing or anything like that. But that's the only reason they went just the once uh, yeah, and yeah. never again. They yeah. kind of tried it and were like, wow, this was an absolute failure. So, so where should host the, the French Grand Prix? Clermont Ferrand, go back there. It still exists, doesn't it? Yeah. I, yeah. I was very surprised to see that, that that old circuit does exist. Oh, we'll have to go there. But for uh, forgotten tracks. Yeah. It would be a good one, wouldn't it? I don't know. I don't know where it is or what it looks like. Yeah, <laughs> just follow it. Yeah. Go for the volcano. Search for a volcano. Oh, no. Okay, maybe not. Um, I don't know if you guys share the same opinion as me, but uh, I was having a think about this question. And for me, the French Grand Prix, a lot of people were very disappointed when Manicourt left. Yeah. And uh, the French Grand Prix wasn't on the calendar. But for me, the French Grand Prix is a bit of a weird one, because if you think of the Italian Grand Prix, it's synonymous with Monza, Belgian Grand Prix, you think Spa. Whereas the French Grand Prix, there's no real particular track that you go, that is the French Grand Prix track. And for that reason, genuinely, like, I'm sorry if this upsets French F1 listeners, but Here we go. I, I, I genuinely don't really care that there wasn't a race in France. It, it wasn't that kind of thing where I was like, oh, this is really terrible. For yeah. me, if I think French motorsport, I think the Le Mans 24 hours, and that yeah. is their legendary race. And there's Monaco, there's Spa nearby, and now it's racing at Paul Ricard, which 
yeah. a bit of a mess, yeah. in my opinion. I've, I've got fond memories of Manicor because obviously I grew up watching French Grand Prix at Manicor and I think it's a decent track. But yeah, I kind of agree that, you know, it was a shame when it disappeared from the calendar because you think, well, the French Grand Prix, it's the original Grand Prix. Surely it's got to be on the calendar. Mm. But like you say, because it doesn't have that uh, bond with a specific with a, race track, yeah. I just quickly... I wonder if that is the reason that people... <laughs> You know, people people are mentioning that France needs to be on the calendar, but it's never this circuit needs to be on the calendar. A bit, yeah. a bit like like Monza. If Monza left, people would go. Monza needs to be on yeah. the F one calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Silverstone, or Silverstone, or Spa, yeah. for example. Yeah, uh, I slightly dis- slightly disagree with the whole French Grand Prix sort of tie-in because I, I think Manly Core for me was the French Grand Prix you know and, and and not because it was the greatest of races I mean that we saw like Schumacher do an unbelievable four stop or whatever it was and won there and things like that but in terms of if I was to you know if you were to plonk 2019 cars on that track I don't think it would produce very good racing at all like it was uh, was it quite a narrow track from what i remember like it, it didn't it's really... quite a long straight into that hairpin which... yeah yeah there's but... lots of fast corners which like i think the second corner now like they wouldn't be able to follow around there at all that's what and i mean would, so obviously yeah. we have a long straight which potentially would give you drs overtaking opportunities but the rest of the circuit i can't see any that, yeah that's the thing with manny core i feel like is me being nostalgic I think it's a good track rather than it actually being a good track. Yeah, I mean, I could easily list off like five or six memorable moments there, but they would probably literally be the only five or six memorable yeah. moments that happened at that track. And I feel maybe Manny Core at the time had that reputation of being, it's a bit, it's not a particularly amazing track. Mm. It was really bad for the teams and stuff as well, wasn't it? Wasn't it miles away It is away in the middle of nowhere. I, w- I went in 2002 when wow, Schumacher, Schumacher won his fifth title. <laughs> jealous yes very <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's right i was an arrows fan crying that they had just uh the, oh yeah that, that was that the year they the deliberately race. failed to it qualify was the race. It? yeah yeah turned up in orange orange arrows t-shirt and uh, they deliberately failed to qualify wow and, uh, what a and trip. went home Wow, that's that's quite a sad experience for you then yeah um, but yeah I, not I, as sad as the championship ending in france though Oh yeah! Imagine that's two races away now. Imagine that happening. Oh, we're not far off. <laughs> yeah, we're not far off. Don't don't say that, Dan. We might be done five six before the uh, season is done. But uh, going back to Magnicore quickly, like just the um, the circuit, you know, I can kind of understand how people just kind of got used to it not being there because it's almost like you know us as the age we are, we grew up with it. It was kind of one of those you'd play on the Formula One games, and it's I don't know, it just kind of sat well with us, I guess. It wasn't like oh, get it off the calendar, but the set, it's kind of almost like in the middle. It's, it was just, it existed, it was there, it had a few good races, but yeah, it's not missed. It's not like you go ah oh, that corner, I miss that corner so much. The Chicanes were good at Manicor. Yeah, I remember Heidfeld and Alonso did and had an epic like side by side battle through them one year. Yeah, and that was that was quite good. What were they called? Uh, what the chicane? Yeah. Uh, I think they were named after. F1 there was one tracks. was Nurburgring, one was Imola. Uh, the second long corner was Estoril. Adelaide was the hairpin. Oh yeah, they called it um, tracks. It was quite yeah. yeah. It's quite cool. Anyway, uh, are we done? Have you uh, got all the things that you wanted to say out of your system for this that time when? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for listening to this uh, That Time Went podcast. Please do send in your stories and uh, any ideas that you have that you'd like us to cover over the next 17 years that we'll cover, do this That Time When yep. podcast. I mean, I'm sure there were that many uh, moments that we can continue doing this. Uh, you can tweet us using the hashtag WTF1 podcast or send us a message on Instagram, on Bebo, Facebook, 
Twitter. You love Bebo. I don't know why. <laughs> Bebo just sits very well with me. People cause... are going to be like, is this podcast sponsored by Bebo? <laughs> making a comeback. Bebo do not exist. I don't know. Do they exist? MySpace? Uh, yeah, there's there's many out there. But yeah, do send us a message uh, with your ideas. Uh, we always, I genuinely really, really enjoy uh, just chatting and learning. Uh, some of them I do know quite a lot about. Others like this one, I'm like, okay, cool. Le Mans was there in 1967. It's not, not quite the uh, historical quite knowledge that I have. But uh, I think that's what people enjoy. So um, if you do enjoy it, leave us a rating. Uh, five stars, please. That would be lovely. If it's anything less, just keep it to yourself. On <laughs> 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 um, whatever you're listening on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, you know, whatever you're, you're, you're listening on, please do rate us. And uh, that is it. What is the next one, Tommy? It's the British Grand Prix. Okay. Do, would do, you, do you like to know? Do you know what that, that time when is? Come on. Should I tease the, it? Yeah. I think it's going to be uh, think it is. that time when. Michael Schumacher won a race in the pit lane. Oh, pit lane. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me that. Not, yeah. not the Broker's Leg one. No. That'd um, be a bit, 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 bit sad. Yeah. Um, but that one, that one's a uh, good old Schumi. Okay. Well, that's it. Thank You'll you very much for, for listening. I got it right. Thank you very much for listening. Yes. And uh, we'll see you next time for the That Time When podcast. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.